Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Chicago everywhere. Check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome to episode four of the Full Go Podcast here on The Ringer and Spotify. We all know Spotify is the game. We thank you for joining us. And we're doing it here on this Sunday afternoon where it is a Bears victory Sunday. Yeah, the Bears beat those lowly Cincinnati Bengals 20-17. to 17. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have watched Bears football like this for 35-plus years now. The defense saves the day. The offense sputters enough points together. And then you get yourself a Justin Fields uh, appearance as well. So we got to cover all of this. I think that Justin Fields is going to be a good player. And I've said that since – draft day I've said that his last year at Ohio State last year before that when he uh, went to Georgia I thought he was going to be a terrific player Justin Fields is going to be just fine and if you're looking at his first game his first appearance his first real appearance in an NFL game not just with gadget plays or series here or there he looked like you would expect the rookie to look right six for 13 not a lot of yards he rushed the ball 10 times for 31 yards he threw a pick he lost a well he fumbled the ball but he didn't lose it he jumped back on the fumble so there's a lot of things that you can look at and say well that's what a rookie quarterback should look like and might look like throughout the season and I know there's going to be camps uh, starting to to find their way to sports radio and to this podcast and to to the interwebs we're going to have this whole thing of is Justin good did we rush him into the game? How do you feel about him going forward? There's going to be a lot of uh, – there were already Justin Fields detractors on Twitter today, people saying, this is why you start Andy Dalton. Let me tell you right now, Andy Dalton got Alex Smith today, and, and you never want to see a guy get hurt. You never, ever want to see a guy get hurt. And that old adage of you can't lose your job in the NFL due to injury, that's, that ain't true no more. That ain't true at all. And the reason I say he got Alex Smith is because Alex Smith got his job taken by two brothers, what is it, back-to-back teams, right? Colin Kaepernick and then Patty Mahomes in Kansas City. So that's what getting Alex Smith is. Andy Dalton actually started out this game pretty damn good. Like, this is the Andy Dalton that you knew you were going to see six or seven times in a season, and then the other seven or eight times you knew it was going to be average to below average. Andy Dalton wasn't bad to start this game. The first 15 plays were scripted. He looked like he knew where to go with the ball, and obviously he's not playing against Aaron Donald and, and, and Jalen Ramsey and that Rams defense. He's playing against the Bengals defense, who actually spent a lot of money, and a couple of guys who made some plays on that defense, guys like DJ Reader and Vaughn Bell, who I always liked out of Ohio State, went to New Orleans, and now – is playing in the secondary for the Bengals. So he, he played against a lesser defense, but a Bengals team that pushed around 
pushed around that Vikings team in week one. So this wasn't some, you know, shoe-in victory, especially when you're talking about the Bears' offense. He started the game well. They scored seven points. And then that was it for a very long time. Obviously, he got hurt. And then you, you insert Justin Fields. The game, the first half of this game was trash. Every Bears fan that I know was watching this game like, all right, I'm expecting the same old thing, but the defense saved the day. We could talk all we want about Justin Fields. We could talk all we want about Andy Dalton, but the defense, Sean Desai and that Bears defense should be credited with not only this win, but what the, what the season is going to have to be going forward. Right, Akeem Hicks was an absolute monster, and all, seemingly, you know, every other game, Akeem Hicks proves to you why he should get paid, whether it be by the Bears coming up here or by somebody else. Khalil Mack, there was there was a game, there was a stunt. You know, shout out to Ed O'Bradovich and the late great Doug Buffon, who always used to clamor for more line stunts and more gains, more tricks uh, at, on the uh, defensive line. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn combine on a game next thing you know the guard has turned around had his hips wide open the, the the back that's there to chip the defensive end had nobody to chip Robert Quinn swings on in and makes a play and Robert Quinn needed to make some plays he also had a huge huge mental error uh, in this game as well pushing Joe Burrow when he was three or four yards out of bounds uh, there's a couple of mental errors on uh, on the defensive side of the football for Tashawn Gibson uh clapping over a guy by the way the taunting rule in the nfl like this ain't college man i understand you want to keep it sportsmanlike and you don't want to get your game getting out of control because all of a sudden you got the uh you've got the the celebration cam and dudes doing everything and choreographing dances i know the old heads uh, don't don't like that they don't appreciate that but this taunting stuff is hey man they're professionals we're here for a show now i understand you don't want to stand over a guy and clap and 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 gesticulate and you know gyrate and do all the other things but man it it's a professional game we're here for the entertainment aspect let these guys play football let these guys celebrate after making a big play as long as it isn't disrespectful I won't say that the Tashawn Gibson play was disrespectful but the Robert Quinn play and the Tashawn Gibson play are plays that you can't have going forward it's as, it's as simple as that because the Bears' margin for error is very, very thin going forward because now we have finally entered the Justin Fields era. And I know we're going to do this podcast on what is it, Tuesday. We're going to do it again on Thursday, getting you ready for the next game against the Cleveland Browns. And it's going to be a tougher game, obviously, with how good the Cleveland Browns have looked over the first couple of weeks of the season. But you, you're not going to have that margin for error. You're not going to be able to, to, on a third down, get yourself a personal foul penalty that continues the other team's drive, especially especially with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and all those boys they got on the Browns offense. So that obviously, as the football people say, has to get cleaned up. But Roquan Smith, you can mess around all you want. You're going to have to pay this man. You're going to have to pay this man a boatload of money. There are a lot of young linebackers in the game right now running around. Devin Bush out there in Pittsburgh. I mentioned Devin White. Uh, in Tampa Bay, Darius Leonard in Indianapolis, Fred Warner in San Francisco. This man, Roquan Smith, number 58, is up there with all of them. Uh, the the sideline to sideline is phenomenal. But the impact that he makes, I think, in some of the plays that we don't get a chance to see that don't result in a tackle or a tackle for loss or a sack or a fumble caused or an uh, interception. I mean, for, for years, this city got a chance to watch two of not only the franchise's best, and obviously Brian Urlacher being one of the all-time greats, but you know, for a long time there, these are generational players. And I'm talking about for their, their generation that they played in. Lance Briggs was right up there. There were years where people were arguing, is Lance Briggs better than Brian Urlacher? This team has seen some good linebackers in his day, going back to Wilbur Marshall, Otis Wilson, of course, Mike Singletary, Dick Buckus back in the day. I mean, you know, Bill George. This is, this is a place where really, really good linebackers have come and gone. But, man, this Roquan Smith is about as good as you can get in the NFL as, in terms of guys who were, what, 27 and under on the inside linebacker position. The Bears better figure it out because at some point you're going to have to pay him. You might not want to pay him now but you're gonna have to pay him later and on top of he's a guy that you want inside the locker room he provided a lot against the Cincinnati Bengals today obviously with the pick six first one in his NFL career and he didn't even get one at the University of Georgia he said it's the first time he scored he thinks since high school so shout out to him and shout out to Jalen Johnson too because um, anybody that is covering anybody that doesn't have his number on I worry about Duke Shelley was uh he, he, was, he was in for the fight of his life. And if the Cincinnati Bengals hadn't aired so many times, if, if Joe Burrow didn't throw was it, you know, two picks in, in, in back-to-back throws, uh, 
this would have looked a lot different. This would have looked a lot different. The Bears coming into this season had corner issues outside of Jalen Johnson, and I think they got corner issues with Jalen Johnson now. I mean, the Duke had a pick. He was start sturdy in the run game, but Kendall Vildor fell down. Duke Shelley was getting beat up all over the place. He missed a couple of tackles. Uh, they got to figure that secondary out. Eddie Jackson came to play today. Eddie Jackson had heard it all throughout the offseason after week one, and rightfully so. Some man who got paid for forcing turnovers and then – just magically stopped forcing turnovers. He came back and had a big game, had a forced fumble uh, during the, today's big win. So, in the end, the, the Bears defense has put Bears fans right where they kind of didn't want to be again, which is rooting for the defense to score and hoping that the offense will get out the way enough. But this, my friends, I'm telling you now, this is the time because I didn't only want Justin Fields to get into the game just because he's Justin Fields and he's the promise, he's the future. It starts the evaluation for everybody. Every single person on this team, once you get a rookie quarterback thrown in there and you know that rookie quarterback's the franchise, not just some dude who's going to be second string all his life or you're grooming a backup. No, this is supposed to be the franchise. Trade it up for him. You got him. Now he's supposed to be the next biggest thing for the next 10 years, right? If I am a Bears fan, this is a terrific time. Because now you get to evaluate what the hell has been going on there before Justin Fields and during Justin Fields, the development that needs to take place. There's about $150 million worth of defensive player on that edge and in that interior. And Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and of course Robert Quinn. You're going to see how much you can count on the defense with a rookie quarterback now. Uh, I don't think Matt Nagy's I – mean, I don't know. I don't think Matt Nagy's going to be airing it out at the beginning here. One, because I think he wants his system to look as pristine as possible. And two, you, know, you want to you make sure that this young man behind a bad line doesn't receive too many shots. And I'll say this. Through all the errors, the, 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 the fumble, the interception, where the, the linebacker dropped back in the cover zero and he thought he was going to keep coming, he thought he was going to press the line of scrimmage, that happens. You know, his eyes lied to him and his eyes gave him away at the same time because of the hot route. But in a crucial third down to ice that football game, when Justin Fields didn't see anybody, he got out of that pocket. It's a difference between being a running quarterback and a mobile quarterback. I think Justin Fields is a mobile quarterback. He runs and when he has to. I don't think he's just a take-off, one-read bum, as we used to call him back in the day. No, I think Justin Fields is the full deal, and I think you're going to find out also on the developmental package or developmental stage or whatever we're calling this time now. Matt Nagy, how good of an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, head coach are you? All rolled into one. How good? Are we going to see Justin Fields get half the field cut off and a lot of rollouts and, and bootlegs and, you know, play action passes because you're forcing to run with David Montgomery? By the way, the, uh, the Damian Williams experience is um, uh, it's, uh, it's a thing. It's a th every time Damian Williams goes in the game, I'm like, man, David Montgomery ain't in the game. David Montgomery might be the best player on this team. I know Khalil Mack is a superstar. I think Khalil is slowing down a little bit, even though he had a really good game today after coming off a stinker in week one. David Montgomery, every time he gets the football, I feel like positive things are going to happen. Had a terrific juke, uh, was in the sec second quarter, you know, a bunch of runs that kept the pile moving. Uh, got 20 carries, obviously didn't have the prolific day that he had against the Rams in week one, who pretty much was like, hey, we'll let you run the football. Well, we ain't going to let you pass the ball with Andy Dalton and beat us. And obviously the, the Rams didn't let that happen, and they won the game. David Montgomery is the best damn player on this team to me right now. Uh, I always feel like something positive is going to happen when he's got the ball in his hands. But we're going to find out about Matt Nagy. Because once you throw the rookie in there, and we don't even know if the rookie's going to be in there, right? If Andy Dalton is healthy, this is all for naught. I'm going to come back and bitch, bitch about it on Tuesday. I promise you that. But if that man is healthy, right? If, 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 if Justin Fields is, is going to be the quarterback going forward, even if Andy Dalton is healthy, and it looked, you know, it looked kind of weird. You, you get a tweaked ankle, and then all of a sudden you get a non-contact injury to that knee, which is always doomsday. Uh, Matt Nagy said he could all but rule out uh, the, the, the possibility of a, of a knee tear, whether it be ACL, MCL, or PCL. He said he could all but rule it out, but he also said, don't quote me on that because, you know, we've got to let the doctors take a look at it. But in the long run, this is, we found out about Matt Nagy. You, got, you had Mitchell Trubisky, right? You had Nick Foles. These are guys that you, that you kind of handpicked. It's like, all right, this is what it is. We're going to find out now. 
Justin Fields, you're going to get half the field, you're going to get rollouts, or are we going to have you back there just running RPOs and staying in the gun and, and making sure the pocket is, is secure around you? Because I got to tell you, you're not spending a lot of money on those tackles, and it's going to look like it at some point this season. And you're getting ready to go up against Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, you, there's some boys on the other side of that, that Cleveland Browns defense. Right, that, that team is trying to make a Super Bowl push. So very early in this season, two out of the first three games, you're going up against Super Bowl contending teams or teams that think they should be contending for a Super Bowl, and especially on the defensive side of the football. We're going to find out the hubris that Matt Nagy deals in, or is he going to pull his Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, like I stated in the first week, and adapt and adjust? We're going to find out what Matt Nagy is. But all in all, guys, all in all, this city is a lot better when the team wins. This city feels a lot better when the Bears win. You know, when it went for a chance to walk around the park with my son who threw a tantrum midway through this first segment of this podcast, and guess what? People were walking around with their Bears jerseys on, high-fiving, talking crazy. It was fun to see. It's good to see. You know, we, we bash them when they need to be bashed, and on top of it, we praise them when they need to be praised. And for whatever they need to be praised for on this Sunday, the Bears have made the city feel good once again. The full goal with Jason Golf. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Connect with the show 24-7 on the full gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. All right, this is quickly becoming uh, one of my favorite parts of the show. And let's face it, there, there aren't many parts of the show where I'm not talking. So this is definitely one of my favorite parts of the show. It's our voicemail line. Make sure that you say your name, where you're calling from, and of course, get whatever ridiculous or earnest or painstakingly sad take that you have off your chest. Tanny, give us the first voicemail of the night. First of all, welcome back to Chicago, Jason. This is Eric from Streeter. I've been a big fan for years. I enjoyed every time you cracked the mic on B&B coming up. I enjoyed the sound you gave that show. I even enjoyed the occasional teaming of the affable blacks. And I hated when you left for Atlanta, but that it led you back here to be an everyday host. Your intelligence and humor came through with Speaks. I remember how I'd feel in your message when you and Bernstein would deal with the real issues. And then the heel turned to blow off entire segments just for penis jokes. Then I was so pissed when I couldn't hear you anymore. What I'm saying is that you've always been my favorite voice from Chicago, and I'm so happy you have this platform now, man. I'm really not sure about this tanny guy. Maybe he'll grow into the role. But let me sign off real simple here. Fuck Jimmy DeCastro. Oh, Eric from Streeter. Appreciate you. That's a longtime guy right there. Uh, through many radio lives. I, I truly appreciate you. And listen, this show is going to turn into whatever it's going to turn into. Uh, I got a I got a big cast of characters who I uh, have have called on and will be uh, leaning on not only through the football season, but when basketball rolls around. Uh, so I truly appreciate you. And uh, they've entrusted me with the Chicago act or the Chicago spectrum of some of these local podcasts that are jumping off. Shout out to New York, New York with John Yastrzemski and whatever happens after me. And yes, as you mentioned, I think Tanny will make it. I know for a fact Tanny will make it because he's uh, not only the best in this city, but he might be the best in all the land because I've heard a lot of sound guys, but I've heard nobody like him. So Tannehill, what's uh, voicemail two for us? Jason, this is uh, Vince from Detroit. Uh, <laughs> glad to see that you are doing the full go podcast. I've always been a major, major believer in you. You get one, one major blind spot. And I don't mean you in the post. I mean you and your Chicago Bulls. I mean, especially considering Bill from L.A. came on, I feel like it's up to me to represent uh, the boogeyman, the monsters in your closet that you guys happen to uh, look up and give, give up bird in the back problem. Isaiah Thomas fused wrist. Pistons were 33 and 13. Whooping the Bulls behind every game. Kind of derailed the Pistons' chance for a three-peat. 
Then he comes back in the playoffs. Wrist still ain't right. Twists his foot. <laughs> Pistons get swept. You know the whole thing. But oh. you and I both know. All Chicago knows. Everybody knows. The Pistons are healthy. We beat that ass again. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> history is written by the victors. Oh. Cheers to you and the Bulls. But just know, as long as you and as long as you and me both know, you know who, that you know what, <laughs> you know where. As long as we all know all these things, we can move on and peacefully coexist. Good luck to you, bro. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to uh, Vinny from Detroit. Uh, I appreciate you, bro. And you know that from the bottom of my heart, I, I love you. Uh, that's a good man right there. Uh, just like uh, Bill from L.A. Uh, if you hadn't caught on, this is a, a bunch of uh, not just my industry friends, but like my real friends are calling in now just to wish me, uh, I think, good luck. And then. Uh, try to get me to jump on some ridiculous take about the Pistons beating the Bulls that last go round. Yeah, you're right though, Vinny. It was a lot of injuries, you know, like you mentioned, and, and Isaiah. You know, yeah, we really don't talk about how um, Isaiah's career ended. All right, like there's a dude who's just to me, bar none. I don't think it's even close. Second greatest point guard of all time is Isaiah Thomas in my in my mind. I know Steph Curry is creeping up there and his career ain't done yet. Maybe maybe Steph will be by the time this is all said and done. Uh, but Isaiah Thomas just doesn't, I think, get the credit he deserves as a basketball player because he was on those bad boy Pistons teams. And on top of it, in this city of Chicago, I don't think Isaiah Thomas gets the credit that he deserves because, you know, he was the city's son for a long time. And then all of a sudden, a young man from, uh, from, from North Carolina showed up and the rest was history, right? So, yeah, but shout out to uh, Vinny Goodwill and shout out to uh, all the people out there in Detroit. I uh, hate the fact that you still have to watch the Lions stink it up every damn year. And on top of it, the Pistons, you know, they're still uh, swimming in mediocrity, even though they, you know, they might be turning it around with Cade. So, but shout out to them. And uh, no, no, Vinny, the, the Bulls would have started their dynasty even with a healthy Pistons team. And the only reason I can say that is because, like you said, uh, history is written by the victors. Appreciate you, man. All right, Tanny, what's next? Hey, Jason, it's Sam, a uh, huge fan of yours just in general, and I'm so happy that you got this gig on Spotify with The Ringer. Um, I just had a quick question. Where do you think Luis Roberts' ceiling ranks among all Chicago prospects of all time? Because I've gotten into this argument with my friends many times, and I think Luis Roberts has more talent than any Chicago prospect ever. I mean, I think I've made the argument that he's just Mike Trout, but faster. And, and I know that might be a little crazy, but if you squint, you can kind of see it. Um, thank you for taking the time to answer this question, and hope you have a great day. Uh, yeah, man. I appreciate you. Um, now, now, Tanny, you're going to have to roll me on this one because I, I need your help. Uh, didn't, didn't the same organization raise Frank Thomas? Uh, it, it, it. yeah, I think I remember that guy. I think <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I think yeah, I'm, yeah. I may have a signed jersey from that man, and I think I remember seeing him in the Hall of Fame where he was inducted in 2014. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I, I get what he's saying though. In terms of all, all the tools, all the no, 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 all the tools. That's what he. I think okay. that's what the uh, the caller was, oh, was alluding to. All the okay. tools in the toolbox. Uh, oh. Actually, Big Frank himself said, you know, they've got the five tools in baseball. Luis Robert has six, <laughs> an undefined <laughs> six tool. Well, you yeah, can take a guess. Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can guess whatever it is, but no, nah, man. I mean, just think of all the the bad Sox prospects that we've seen that you oh. just kind of hope they're good. But with this guy, Luis Robert, you see the whole package right there for you. I mean, for just sure. he's been awesome since coming back from the injury. He's already a three win player this year and only playing like just over fifty games. Like the I, guy's dude, unreal. I, I dude, I love him. I love him. I love him. And and the fact that you know he was on the radar, like I said in the episode one, he was on the radar for me. A, a, a few years back, not just because he was signed and the number he was signed for. Like, all right, this guy's going to be good. And we were sitting here trying to figure out how the hell to pronounce his name. Is it Luis Robert or all this? And we just found out it was Luis Robert. Uh, he never had a shirt on. He never had a shirt on for a good, I'd say, three, four months on Instagram. He'd be sitting around these modest tables with these Art Deco kind of vibes because, you know, he's, he's out there. You know, he's, 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 he's hanging with the fam. 
He had his chains on. A man would have baseball pants on sometimes and no shirt. And that's when I knew this was going to be the Bo Jackson we deserved, not the one that we got. Shout out to Bo, by the way. You know, but we got Bo on in this city after the hip. And one of the greatest home runs of all time, one of the greatest home run calls of all time, and his first home run back from the injury. But, man, if, if Lou Bob is what he's supposed to be, then not just the sky's the limit for this team, but you're talking about you got three potential MVP candidates on this team that are locked up going forward, right? And Tim Anderson, uh, and Robert, and, of course, and Eloy Jimenez. Now, Eloy, of course, was a, an acquisition, right? You got, you got traded. Uh, to the to the White Sox for Jose Quintana. Shout out to that trade. But, yeah, man, Lou Bob is the dude. And on top of it, if you want to go throw Mike Trout in there, fine. I wouldn't. <laughs> Mike Trout is out here being Mickey Mantle, so I wouldn't do that. But if you could squint hard enough and if you're drunk enough, then, yeah, I'm sure Lou Bob looks like Mike Trout in a weird uh, brother looking like a dude from Philadelphia with a strong jaw kind of way. Uh, but yeah, Luis Robert is is a star in the making, and as you said, Tanny, he's him and Yasmani uh, have come back and just been the greatest players of all time over this last few weeks or so. So yeah, man, this team's getting healthier. Uh, they're rounding into form. Just gotta make sure that you can shore up some of that starting. Like, and when the when the when the the uh, playoffs roll around, that starting staff, you know, after. <laughs> After Lucas and Lance, you're starting to feel a little itchy around here. So uh, let's make sure that before these playoffs start, you get a couple of good starts out of Dylan Cease. You get a couple of, well, at least one decent start out of Dallas Keuchel, and then you, you roll the dice from there. But, yeah, I, I'm a big Lewis Robert fan. I'm a big White Sox fan, especially right now, and, and have been. You know, I'm, it was kind of it was, it was rough sledding there for a little bit, but – you rebuilt, and now you're, you're uh, reaping the, the fruit from that rebuilding. So, yeah, man, Luis Robert. Uh, the next Mike Trout, I don't know, but but he's damn good right now. All right, Tanny, our final voicemail of the evening. Hi, Jason. Andrew from the West Loop calling in. Curious on your perspective as a black man um, oh. about the critical reaction to Kanye West's Donda. Now, I'm mm. not black. I am a Kanye West fan, though, and I thought – the way he foregrounded his middle-aged blackness in, a, in new ways was pretty compelling. But the critical reaction that I read from mostly white millennial and Gen Z bloggers seemed to be pretty dismissive. Now, maybe I'm listening with rose-colored headphones, given my passion for Kanye West. But as, <laughs> as a black man in media, do you, do you perceive something more than that? I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it, Adrian. I, I appreciate you uh, making the distinction that you were not a black man. Because, uh, you know, you never know these days in terms of voices. And uh, Never mind. Um, so it's hard for me. And this is why I haven't talked about this period. Like, whether on Twitter or uh, any other platform. So I guess I'll do it here. Because it is the ringer, right? You know, sports, music, culture, all that good stuff. You know, it's hard for me. And, and I say this with all due respect. It's hard for me to forget the stance that Kanye West took not too long ago in terms of his uh, not just backing of Donald Trump, but the photo op and multiple photo ops, I think two, right? It was Trump Tower and then at the White House that he allowed himself to be a part of for a person that seemingly didn't care, doesn't care about him nor his people. And I know people are going to get mad at me and like, oh, you're a sheep and all that. But nah, man, nah. Like, I, I'm so much of a Kanye West fan that if he didn't make music and was healthy, I would be fine. We got all the music, right? Now people getting the sneakers and getting the clothes, right? <clears throat> That's fine. He's no longer a rapper to me. He's transcended rap. He's transcended um music and he's done he's done music at a very high level i mean he's a genius right and his brain works in a way that mine will never work but i know this uh kanye west always has a pointed and directed message when it's time to sell me something and in this time 
I don't know if I wanted to be sold this. I listened to the first four songs of Donda. Uh, it was heavy. I didn't feel like much fun was getting ready to happen in that album. And I'm in a point now, man, where I got enough heavy shit going on in my life. You know, I'm sitting here trying to help raise a toddler. You know what I mean? We got we got whatever's going on outside in terms of COVID. Um, I was surprised that we got through this summer without more civil unrest. Uh, so, yeah, there's enough on my head that my music these days either you got to be not just super lyrical, but I, I got I to gotta like that shit you talking, you know? And if you are lyrical, then I'm there, right? So it, it's, it's neither for me. And it's not a shot, right? Because I know that people called it a masterpiece that I trust. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. I was listening to Certified Lover Boy, right? I'm trying to get put in that mood, right? To hang out with my lady and play some music about past relationships that you better not be singing the lyrics to. That kind of vibe. So, um, and Freddie Gibbs redoing champagne poetry. Like, I've been listening to Freddie's back catalog waiting for this damn album to drop. All right? So that's what I've been doing with my music time. There's no shot to Kanye West. I just haven't been interested. And I haven't been interested in the last couple of projects either. So this is like the third project in a row where I'm like, eh. Now, I know a lot of people in this city clamor for Chicago uh, for for Kanye West because he is Chicago and I'm not hating on Chicago at all I just think that there are a lot of artists in this city like Lil Durk like G Herbo like my man Vic Spencer there's a lot of dudes running around this city a lot of cool girls as well that are running around the city who I won't say deserve my time more but yeah, they deserve my time more right like I, the Kanye West thing like we did it and I did it and it was great like, I was outside when it was happening. When College Dropout came out, I was out. We were having fun outside hearing these songs in clubs and parties and that kind of thing. I enjoyed his music. I go back and enjoy his music every once in a while. But right now, I'm cool. I'm cool. And I know that might make me an old fuddy-duddy or a trend chaser, whatever the case may be. But I'm waiting for Kendrick to drop, right? I'm, uh, we had Drake drop, you know, whatever that was, maybe a 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10 album. I'm still going to rock with it. And I'm listening to Afrobeat stuff a lot more these days. So, yeah, man, Kanye West right now isn't in the mode, I guess. Or I'm not in the mode to receive Kanye West. I'm listening to Tyler, the creator. I'm listening to Griselda and West Side Gun as much as I possibly can and all the offshoots, Boldy James, right? Stove God Cooks, those dudes. Like, I'm into a specific type of genre or I'm listening to late 90s R&B. That's what I'm doing right now because every once in a while you want to set the vibe with your, with your female. Man, I, I just said female. I sound like an old, like, late 80s Chicago dude. When You want to set the vibe with your lady, I should say. So, yeah, I missed out on the Kanye West action. I, I caught some of the Apple feed. But other than that, I'm cool right now. And I wish him the best, man. I want him to get healthy. I want him to, you know, raise his kids the way they should be raised and, and, and continue his business ventures. But I'm good on the music for a little while. So that is it. That is another, uh, I think, stellar edition of the voicemail segment. It's right there for you anytime you need. You need to lock this number in, by the way, to, you, to your contacts. Not lock it in under full goal voicemail. And screenshot it and send it to me at Jason1Golf. But the voicemail number is always 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and 1 because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original.
right, I don't have to pretend like, you know, this is someone who I haven't talked to before, who I haven't worked with before. Ladies and gentlemen who listen to the Full Go podcast, if you're not privy to who this, this beautiful man is that I'm talking to, he is Anthony Heron of Iowa Hawkeye fame, and, and he was on a – how many different teams did you play for in the league? And you four? Was it four? To keep it simple, Detroit, Green Bay, and Atlanta. Okay. All right. Detroit, Green Bay, and Atlanta. He is a, a broadcast extraordinaire. Uh, he does Pac-12 football. He does Big Ten radio. He does Bears post-game stuff here in the city for uh, the, the radio and TV outlets. He is a, uh, he is a celebrity. A, a guy who can't walk down State Street uh, south of Roosevelt without being seen. Uh, Ant, always good to see you. Always good to talk to you, man. Let's get right to it. The Bears win on the defensive side of the football. Offensively, there's a lot to iron out, and now you, you know, maybe have a rookie starting for you going forward. Everybody might get what they want, uh, depending on what Andy Dalton's knee is looking like. We'll talk about today, and then we'll talk about the future. Uh, follow the money, right? And the money, the money, the money made some money today. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks. You, you invested in that side of the football, and they came up big for you today. They had to. You know, after what we saw in the opening game and, you know, a lot of the concerns that were there for the offense were worthwhile. You know, the run game was, was better than I think a lot of us even anticipated in week one. But out of anything that I left surprised with the level of concern I had for it, it was Bears defense and the, the names on that defense, the resumes on that defense, the money on that defense. And for Eddie Jackson to come out of game one, week one, you know, looking like a guy who folks have questions about for Khalil Mack to not show up in a bigger way on that stage, on the biggest show in sports television, biggest show in television, period. Yeah. To come away not doing a whole lot. All those things are like, all right, so are they a little too long in the tooth? Has Matt Nagy perhaps you know, not really gotten the most out of that side of the ball, but they look like who they should look like against the Bengals, against that pass protection, against a, an inexperienced quarterback. All those resumes showed up today in a big way, and they need to bring it like that. Doesn't mean it's three takeaways and a touchdown on, on successive series, but that type of urgency, that extra heartbeat that we saw them riding with against the Bengals. That oh, has I missed to be the extra heartbeat week. conversations that we used to have on Big Ten Radio, whether it be about the Penn State Nittany Lions or the Indiana Hoosiers led by Tom Allen. I miss those days with you, brother. Miss those days. All right, so what didn't you see on defense that you would have liked to have seen a little bit more of? You know what? I mean, honestly, even the yeah. run defense, man, because Joe Mixon kind of went off yeah. in week one, and the run defense without Eddie Goldman was able to stymie Joe Mixon. So I think even that was really effective today. Now, you know, I think they got the pass rush going after they got a few twist stunts going and they were able to control the run game. Saw a lot of empty backfield sets from Cincinnati. So some of those things that won't necessarily be, you know, the matchup sort of advantage that the Bears had, that won't be there against every other opponent. You know, when you, when you have a different offense and a different quarterback, different pass protection, so now that you did what you should do to the Bengals, now the next phase will be against better offenses with better offensive lines, better personnel, yeah. you know, a passing attack that maybe yeah. resembles the Rams. Can you do something similar to that? Can you, as opposed to maybe putting your offense in a position where they got to win some kind of shootout, can you do that against a better opponent? But there wasn't necessarily any, anything that I left the game today feeling like the Bears defense should have done against the Bengals that they didn't. But there were some glaring things to me schematically that the, the Bengals did and the personnel disadvantage that they showed that the Bears just sort of eventually began to dominate all of that. And then it got to the point where you said, all right, you got a multi-score lead. And the Bengals are able to just, you know, throw one deep on you. That's still a little bit of an issue, but that's almost just kind of a goofball moment late in the game that, that gets the Bengals sort of back into it. Overall, there wasn't anything glaring that I think the Bears defense should have done against the Bengals today that they did. Now, you know, the, the nickel position is what it is. I, I don't think magically, you know, Duke Shelley or Kendall Vildor is going to turn into some other shutdown corner opposite Jalen Johnson. Yeah. But if you want to talk about a guy who, you know, yeah. basically Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson are the two draft picks before Justin Fields that I've been most excited about with the Bears. Both those guys have showed up. I expect Justin Fields will eventually show up as well. But the way Jalen Johnson drove on that route, and a lot of that is based off of the pass rush and knowing the ball's got to come out. And he said, you know what? All right, 
I'll go ahead and guess. And he guessed right. He read it before T. Higgins could even read it and drive on the ball. So all those things, man, those are great signs for where the Bears defense can continue to go. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I used to hear back in the days when I was covering the, the, the Ted Washington, Mike Brown, Brian Urlacher, you know, uh, uh, Alex Brown defenses back in the day that if guys got beat on double moves, those defensive linemen would straight up just be like, my bad. Because there's no way in hell this dude should be patting the ball and a double move should be able to take place. And, you you know, you you not expect that the ball be out. So if you can sit on, like you mentioned, if you can sit on a route or two because that, that pass rush is getting in. Akeem Hicks was out there kicking people's ass, taking names. I mean, T. Higgins wanted to go back to Clemson after he saw that big man running. You know what I'm saying? When, you, when you're T. Higgins and you out here, you look good, you got, it, you got the whole swag going on, you catch a couple of passes, then all of a sudden you catch something that you think a 330-pound man shouldn't be running you down. And I was like, what got hurt on him? Because you know, his wrist crossed all the air. He was missing a soul after Akeem Higgins played on that particular snap. <laughs> and the thing that struck me about it, man, was because in sort of our modern sensibilities, we're not accustomed to to like looking at a football player in a violent moment with a body still strewn about the field. And like it came Hicks was kind of hype at first he when he got crazy. up. And then he looked back he and saw Higgins laying on the ground and his hypeness elevated. He like went to another stratosphere with his energy, the emphatic nature of his celebrations like, oh, I heard him. Yes, that is exactly what my goal was, and it it doesn't necessarily feel like normal in, no, in modern society. It but it's it's not polite. It's not polite to do that, man. But that's the football world these guys are in. Yeah, hey, straight, straight up. If you didn't know what kind of dude Akeem Hicks was inside, like he's a nice guy on the out off the field. I hear nothing but good things about him. He's he's a weekly guest on a lot of radio shows here in the city. But if you didn't know what kind of dude he was on the inside, in that moment, you found out that if Akeem Hicks hadn't been playing football, that there'd be uh, something else that Akeem Hicks would probably be good at, which is hurting people. So shout out to maybe him. he was like Jason Voorhees or somebody along those lies man you would think maybe you were dealing with somebody who was of a, a more sinister nature than what we get from the kmx at the moment so i mean i think that when you see that that's the temperament that you know for guys on the defensive side of the football that are playing at that level for the bears that they can bring that you don't want to necessarily have to have this out-of-body experience where you're embarrassed on national television and then have to show up and respond in the following week you need to bring that on a weekly basis. And even though you kind of got those spurs on the wall already, even though you got some resumes built already, if you still got that in the tank, then if this is going to be a, a playoff team, making some kind of run championships, all these things that everybody around the league is still thinking they got the potential for two weeks in, if that's what you're striving for, then that's what you got to be able to hit every week. And that's what Sean Desai, as a new young D.C., that's what he's got to figure out. How do I tap into that? And what I think he did really effectively today was find way for everybody to eat. Like not just Eddie Jackson in the deep middle. Eddie Jackson up near the line of scrimmage in a playmaker capacity. Penetrate into the backfield. Get a TFL. Um, having Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn on the same side, running twist stunts, running games together, and speeding things up on that side of the rock. There are things that he did that put a lot of guys like Roquan Smith coming off the edge, coming through the A-gap, Alec Ogletree through the A-gap, you know, Roquan and pass coverage in a variety of different ways. He gave everybody opportunities to shine, and they did, but a lot of it was schematic. But to have that talent, but then find the moments in the game, the scheme around it, like I talk about the, the deployment of assets for the Bears offense, that's been a huge issue for me with the way Matt Nagy calls the game, not deploying his assets and the, the particular skills that individual players have and coaching towards those, calling towards those. I was really impressed with the way Sean Desai found moments, found situations, found schemes to put guys in position to make plays, and they shined in those roles. No doubt about it. Anthony Heron joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. A couple more moments. If you're in that locker room, Anthony, and you're feeling how you're feeling about the defense, if Andy Dalton's healthy – and Justin Fields is Justin Fields right now. Who starts against the Browns? I thought Andy Dalton looked clean and sharp enough today. Where a healthy Andy Dalton, I got no issue with Andy Dalton starting another game, another couple of games, and just see where we continue to grow with Justin Fields. I don't want Justin Fields on the bench the whole season. If he is, it's because Andy Dalton lights it up. 
I don't anticipate Andy Dalton's going to light it up every week. But for me, where I see the age and the expense of that defense and knowing who's going to be gone, I, I, I want to draw that line for me in a more cautious or conservative manner and continuing to feed Justin Fields more and more opportunities while still trying to make sure every week is, is putting my team in the strongest position to win. So Andy Dalton, to me, was more than sharp enough I don't have an issue with him starting another game while just continuing to find opportunities for fields to get onto the field. And then if it means that, all right, he's getting more of that out of his system, more of the guessing wrong on a zone blitz or more of the taking one hand off the football on a, on a pass rush situation where pressure comes and he's sacked and it's a forced fumble. You know, some of those situations where that QB center exchange and the gun is thrown off because he's, whether it's clapping his hands at an ill-timed manner or just because Sam Mustafer and the O-line aren't accustomed to him, whatever that is, he gets more and more of that out of his system. But if Andy Dalton right now is the guy who seemingly manages everything better and puts him in a stronger position to move the ball, to put points on the board, I'm good with that for now while Fields continues to grow with these opportunities he's getting. All right, we celebrated the defense. Uh, we've talked about the quarterback situation. I want to talk about the guy who I think may be the best player on this team and David Montgomery. Um, and I know Khalil Mack is, is, is what he is, and Akeem Hicks you know, is getting the national recognition he's deserved over the last three years or so. But, man, David Montgomery to me is the dude who, like, you, you ever hang out with a guy and you're like, man, this guy is a lot cooler than I thought he was, and it's a better hang than I thought he was. But then you're like, you don't see him for, like, five, six months, kind of like you and I. Uh, you know, kind of like when, when you and I, like, r randomly walk past each other here in the city and like, oh, we should hang out sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the guy who lives down the street from me, uh, David Montgomery. You know, he got 20 carries. It wasn't like it was against the Rams because the Rams were like, hey, you can run all day against this five- and six-man box. We're going to make sure that you throw these little slants and these curls. We're going to tackle you make you make you get your ass off the field. David Montgomery went up against a defense that seemingly was geared up for him, right? The, the Bengals, and they, they paid a lot of money to DJ Reader, right? They, they're trying to build the middle of that defense. Vaughn Bell is out there. <laughs> he might as well have a neck roll on. There's no reason for Vaughn Bell to be covering anyone because he's up at the line of scrimmage every damn play. So they got guys who are trying to, to, to pressure that line of scrimmage, and you got a guy like David Montgomery churning, getting those tough yards, keeping the, keeping the chains moving the, as, as well as he can. Uh, I'm a big fan. I was a fan at Iowa State. You and I talked about him a couple of years ago. I'm a big fan now. Uh, I'd love for them to take the, the you know, the break in case of emergency glass from in front of them and give them the damn ball 32 times. But I know I sound like an old head. But David Montgomery, how you feeling about him right now? I, I think he's spectacular, man. He's gotten better every year he's been in the league so far. I think he's setting himself up for a nice payday. And for the Bears, he's finally – and at a point with his time with this franchise where they do seem to recognize what he brings to the table and what he can mean to this offense, to the offensive line, to the quarterback position. You and I have talked a lot over the last couple of years here about specifically Matt Nagy, the sequencing of his play calls, the balance that seems to lack at times, pass to run, run to pass. And so we'll see, man, because for, for Dave Montgomery in there when Andy Dalton's in, he's been you know more than effective, but then also – I'll be very curious to see how creative maybe they find a way to get to find, you know, ways where, where Justin Fields as he's in at quarterback and maybe go beyond just the simple zone read. But maybe there are some things that they can do to utilize how defenses will react to Justin Fields. Justin Fields is just improvisational skills, his playmaking ability while he's in there with David Montgomery. What does that end up meaning? for some of the potential, like some of the, the teams I was on, like the, the team with the best rushing attack in the National Football League was usually the team with Mike Vick at right. quarterback. Right now it's the team with Lamar Jackson right. at quarterback. And a lot of that is about how the defense has to honor them. So, you know, Justin Fields is different, frankly, than either of those two guys, but there are elements of that. But we even saw a little bit of that with Mitch Trubisky versus other Bears quarterbacks who've been in, where if the defense on that backside has to hang back with a little more caution, that cutback lane is there. And David Montgomery is extremely effective on the cutback, on, on reading some of those zones in there. That was what he specialized in in college at Iowa State. So that to me is exciting. But even if it is just Dalton in there at QB, to be able to have an offensive line and some of that pressure come off of them just by letting them roll off the ball and move some people, Montgomery's gotten more and more effective throughout his career at getting vertical right now, advancing on the defense in a more immediate fashion. And as he's done that, We've seen him in the open field 
with some top gear to turn what may have been an eight-yard run in his rookie season into a 40-yard run at this point in his career. So guys getting better, man, and I like the fact that they are finally recognizing the importance of feeding him the ball on a more frequent basis. And I appreciate you as always, man. Thank you for jumping on, and thank you for being a solid dude uh, throughout the years. You've uh, you've had some good words for me, and and it lands here, right here. And so I appreciate you. And uh, here's to uh, Nebraska getting their ass kicked every every week. (laughs) It's an inside joke between me and Ant. Who, when Scott Frost arrived (laughs) arrived in Lincoln, we we should be celebrating national championships right now, Ant. But something happened along the way and that's college football. So I never rooted against them until the, the people that we started talking to about Nebraska started telling me how wrong I was about this team. And it seems like I'm still right. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. As we get as we get ready to wrap this thing up, man, I know you got some TV to do. Uh, tell Bishop and the wife I said what's up. And uh, it's only right for me to send you off the way I always send you off and make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. I'm going to turn this off before you get a chance to say it. <laughs> there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there's his lead. Hit your lead button. See you later, Big Ant. Uh, he always loves it at the end because I tell him I love you. I love you, Anthony Heron, and that makes him – the big brawny football player is uncomfortable as it should. You're listening to the Full Goal Podcast. We'll be back with more of the Full Goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, that's it for episode number four. I'll be back Tuesday night with the latest news surrounding all of Chicago's teams. The White Sox road trip continues in Detroit. Maybe we'll be talking about the White Sox being on the verge of their first AL Central title since 2008. And by the way, your voicemails are always welcome. They're needed. We love them, and we kind of love y'all. Make sure you call and text with your thoughts on anything on the hotline at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. Make sure you lock that in, and make sure you say your name and where you're calling from and whatever you need to get off your chest because we're right here for you. I want to thank my producer, Steve Cerruti, and, of course, the great Chris Tannehill. This has been Episode 4 of the Full Go Podcast. I'm Jason Goff, and as always, Take care of each other and be safe. It's a full goal, baby! Thank you for listening to my daddy. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.